0: going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode 102. This is Rui Pereira Jr. behind the mic. And once again, I am without both of my co-hosts, Joe Cappuccino and Eddie Baptista. But we have a surprise guest for you all. And he is making his debut here on the Red Card Report. And he is Alberto from All UV Cast. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Berto underscore AJC. His podcast page at UV Cast and his apparel page at Striped Hearts. Alberto, it's a long time coming. And finally, you are making your debut here. How are you doing, man?
1: Finally, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Pumped to be honest. Everybody knows uh, I always try and give you guys as much love as possible. I love the show, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, Got to kick Joe next time uh see him and whatnot for uh having it to be a milanista that uh, invites me on but uh, it's awesome <laughs> to be on man i look
0: forward to it i know shame on joe it, like the juventus ambassador of our show doesn't even invite one of the best juventini around to come on i mean i don't know i don't know what's wrong with him but you know you are definitely the guy to come on our show this week because there's a lot of things going on obviously the super copa that yeah. went on yesterday. Tough, tough result for you guys, but there's a lot of chit-chatting and things to be talked about going on in your club. Juventus have a lot of ups and downs, some struggles in in uh, the last season or two, um, and we're going to cover all that right now. But let's jump into this game that took place yesterday. Alberto, this is the worst way to go out. I know it's just the Supercopa. It's not the the most prestigious title, but it is a title and you are playing against Inter. You always want to get that one up on them. Take me through this game, man. What are your thoughts on it?
1: It's it's tough, you know, and it, and I mean, you kind of bring up a good point is just even uh, a lot of fans feelings to the Supercopa leading up to it, right? Um and we were getting our lineups. We knew we were out. We were without key guys. Delict wasn't going to be taking part quadrado was going to be out we all know about chiesa i'm sure we'll get to chiesa super super uh, bad news there and um Benucci wasn't going to take part in the match so we knew the lineup we were getting gonna get was not going to be our 1a lineup and we knew that inter isn't even phased by covid injuries nothing like they are full strength they're also, you know, they were nine wins out of their past ten, the only loss coming to uh, Real Madrid. So you yeah. knew they're coming in red hot and they wanted to – They it's the Derby d'Italia, right? And now there's a trophy on the line too. So it kind of does bring up the importance of this particular cup this season anyways. And it would have been super important for Juve too. And I was trying to get pa- fans that were downplaying and saying, don't worry about it, play – uh, some of our young guys from U23s, if you have to, like, don't worry about this game. Serie A is so important. I'm like, I didn't really agree with it yeah. because it could be a massive, massive boost for this team. Um, any trophy is. You know, last year we got Supercopa and uh, Copa Italia. And it's good for the young guys because Juve is getting a lot younger to experience these matches, go through them. And, um, yeah, it was it was a big one. And it's always big when you play Inter. So if you can't get up for this one, you just don't have a ticker, right? And I'd question your ambition as a player because these are the games you should be living for. And uh, we had Killini in there who played, again, at 37 years old, man. The guy's just an animal, like just an animal. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But the importance, I thought it was uh, super important. And I actually talked about the lineup with a lot of guys. We knew Dybala wasn't going to start. If it was me, I said, I go guns blazing at the start and don't try and play the game backwards. I know yeah. people are like, well, you're going to risk Dybala in a Super Cup match and then we got to go through Serie A and try to get into top four. But in the end, all our guys ended up playing because this game yeah. went 120 minutes. So even if Dybala gives you 30 minutes, 40 minutes, take it at the start and try to get you know a good jump yeah. on these guys. And uh, Inter came out hard and gunning at the start of this match, and it was just like we thought. And Juve did good. Juve mm-hmm. should not be disappointed in themselves by any means because you held off a team that was at full strength with a lineup that wouldn't be your lineup if everybody was available for us. And ultimately, it came down to our own errors that cost us. Yeah. Outside of that, we actually neutralize them quite well we just need more up top and we need more more creation um, because you're trying to replace CR's goals now you're without Chiesa and you just can't play teams like Inter that are well drilled they know themselves they have their identity we're still trying to find ourselves and you can't go through games against those teams only coming out with eight attempts it's yeah. going to it's always going to be tough and from the 58th minute on they could have played another 240 minutes and Juve
0: wouldn't have found a goal in that game
1: yeah they were hoping for kicks and that's the part that frustrates me the most
0: yeah i feel like that's been the ongoing issue throughout uh, your season is really finding that consistent creation at up top finding those clinical players to show up and put the ball at the in the back of the net you know murata on loan for a couple of seasons with a huge buyout clause of $50 million plus. I know you guys aren't going to pick that up. You guys would be ridiculous, too. You've expected so much from him, yeah. and you expected a lot from DiBala. You expected a lot from Chiesa when he was healthy. I feel like it's it's been um, a systemic issue more than a lack of quality going on. And it, it's the most frustrating thing when you're going up against a team like like Inter. And, you know, I'm, I'm on board with you when it comes to – Going out there guns blazing and going out there to make a statement that, you know, we are Juventus, we should be competing against Inter and we we are capable of beating them. It, it's a derby match, regardless if the Coppa Italia, the Supercopa is not as prestigious as it once was or it, it, it's not looked at as, you know, as the Scudetto or anything. Um, you should always go guns blazing, even if you're risking going tired into the next uh A match because a lot of the younger players as you mentioned and this is something that milan struggled a lot during their benta era their younger players weren't playing in these top matches and they weren't performing um they weren't getting the results and not gaining that experience they didn't have that proper leadership and i think that plays a huge crucial part in growing a team that is becoming younger um, so I, I definitely agree with you. I do get it when people say let's rest up and and focus on Serie because top four is so important nowadays. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it was um, it was a battle of the uh,
1: it, the way I put it uh was it was a battle of the mind and the heart, man. Yeah. Because you know you're lining up against your bitter rivals and the heart's yeah. telling you play uh, play the best you have right out of the gate. Go at it. Don't be scared and just go out. Don't worry about if Dybala's not 100%. Like, if he's going to play 30 minutes, whatever, take it from the start, just go. But then the mind's telling you, man, this team cannot fall out of top four. They have to achieve top four this season. Don't risk DiBala. Use him for Udinese. And then the flip side is, well, can we beat Udinese without Paulo? Can we beat Inter without Paulo? You know, and it's like it's this Look constant at. battle, you know, between left shoulder and right shoulder, and you're just going yeah. back and forth, and there's no right or wrong. And, and in the end, it's it's just like it, what we ended up seeing, again, the attitude and the approach was spot on in this game. Right. Yep. And that... I, I totally agree with what Bernardeschi said in his post-match interview. And he said, if this team played in that manner this season, they'd already be way ahead of where they are yeah. currently. And he's 100% spot on. The thing is, is we have been inconsistent in all facets. The tactics, the substitutions, the approach. The It's always, there's always, they've never got it all together. Yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe two games where they kind of got everything together, but there's always something missing. So even when they get a, a game plan spot yeah. on against a certain team, there'll be something missing because guys are going into 50-50s half-assed and just not, not fully spirited and not going in all yeah. in, right? There's always something that's been missing, but if they can bring that that effort and approach, that is a big, big piece of the puzzle. But the rest of it is the structure and guidance and attack because, to me, they still didn't orchestrate a game plan yeah. that would exploit Inter yeah. and give them enough problems. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing, and it leaves a lot of fans. And I think it's fair to question Max on, you know, is he the guy that can orchestrate that because he never really has been. And he's always been vocal about the attackers having full freedom in the final 30 yards of the pitch. But even against Inter, it needs to make more sense. You have Murata who's free-roaming, and he's going out wide and dropping back very deep to help out the midfield, who's been pushed back. Mm -hmm. But then you have Kuliszewski, who just has no pace as the free guy kind of starting to push the line back. But he's not going to beat anybody for pace. Then you have Bernardeschi, who actually can attack space, has wheels, but he's becoming the control guy. And it's just like you have all these things going on, and you're just like, what are we – what's actually happening here? What are what are we doing? You've got McKinney and Rabio both on the same side, which pushed Locatelli out across to another side. And it, it just – it's still – there was a lot missing structurally. Even though we did well and neutralized them quite well, we – we weren't set up in a way that could hurt them enough. So it's, 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 that's the part that's frustrating. You know, it's tough to beat them with 33% possession and eight
0: total attempts. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think to be fair to, um, I think Bernardes, he definitely, I agree. I, I think he had a real point on, on his post game interview, that Grinta, that, that approach, that mentality that you guys came out, um, that, you guys showed in this game is if you show that every single week it's going to translate into into good performances and when you look at the game that was played sure you guys were p- sitting back a little bit more um obviously uh inter dominated in possession and they were really creating opportunities and getting shots off but it was only 2 minutes in that game where inter really took advantage of mistakes it was mm-hmm. a clumsy penalty and a hospital ball clearance. But the rest of the game, that that fight was there. And even when you guys did have possession, even as disorganized and stale and, and inconsistent your attack can be, there were moments where you guys made the most of your possession, where when you're watching the game, yeah, maybe Inter are dominating, but you always felt that Juventus were always in it. And yeah. we even saw Bernadeschi getting involved. He had a couple of golden opportunities to put the the ball yeah. away and it's just that extra that little bit of clinical um being clinical and finishing the ball is what you know you guys missed out because if he buries that opportunity where where Handanovic just froze yeah you know the game would have been di- completely different we would be talking about something that's completely different so i think there's a lot of positives out of this game that you guys can take out of i think that that mentality that you guys had would have definitely reversed a lot of the results that you guys had earlier this season. And you guys could be possibly competing for the Scudetto with the squad that you guys have. But um, I do want to touch up on Federico Chiesa. Obviously, you guys have enough problems up top. How big of a blow is he to you guys?
1: It's massive. It's massive, man. Uh you know, it's <laughs> what he sets up the ball for the goal against Roma, and then goes out shortly after. And it's just like, it's tough. We were all hoping for the massive second half of the season, which he had last year, that he carried into uh, the Azzurri run in the Euros, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately for Max, he hasn't been able to get the most out of Chiesa. But that was the first half of the season. And towards the end, we started to see Max flirt with the four two three one and a bit of a four three three, you know? And then you're thinking, okay, now's the time once Kiesa gets back to really push that, push that move to the four two three one, the four three three, something that gets us out of this stale four four two that's just got Rabio as an outside midfielder that makes absolutely zero sense, you know, and Allegri continues to praise Rabiot every, you know, press conference and asking him for goals and saying he needs to do more. And it's like, man, you need to stop chasing things that aren't coming and move and try other new things. Right. And the Roma game was something that we all had been asking for. And we saw some glimpses in a couple other matches, too, when Juve had fallen down. And then started chasing a result. And there was a few matches where we did that. And we emptied the clip on our offensive talent. And we abandoned whatever plan Max originally had. And we played some of the best football we have in a long time. And part of it was Locatelli sliding forward. And that was a big thing against Roma. Because Artur comes in. And he starts playing that holding role and Locatelli's able to move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, with Chiesa, it was the same thing. Like, let's start doing things that make sense. Let's get it going. And unfortunately, he goes down against Roma. And it's like, of course, you know, I I was just waiting for it because that kind of reaction is not from a sprain. Like, it it was awful. You watch the slow-mo too, you can actually see it pop. And it's just... What do you do? Um, If it wasn't for bad luck, I feel like Juve would have no luck at all, right? And (laughs) him going down is just, it's it's too hard to replace, right? We're already trying to recoup CR's goal tally as a unit. And now you have a guy who was a major contributor that's also out. We throw in the fact that Paulo has struggled in the past couple seasons to stay fit, and you have a lot of cause for concern amongst yeah. you, and and rightfully so. So now, man, the it, like it's becoming a pressure cooker for Max to start mm-hmm. getting this team to score goals collectively, mm-hmm. and even more so now with the loss of Chiesa. So it's big, and it's going to weigh heavily, on Max and, man, it, it, Max has to change. He has to actually change before this team will change and start to show us what I know they're capable of and all this know because we've seen it. The problem is, is that we've only seen it in adverse scenarios and there's absolutely nothing stopping us from approaching matches from the outset like that. Yeah. And the pressure's on him right now to turn it around.
0: Yeah, I mean looking at his at his stats this year obviously Chiesa statistically um is struggling, but when you when you watch him play and when he's really unleashed, you feel his presence. You saw it early on in um in Roma uh, against Roma, you saw it early on against Napoli before he scored the goal. He always makes noise and it, it's hard to it's It's hard to, it's unfair to say that he's not having a great season. I think the whole system actually plays a part in it as well that he's struggling. But, um, you know, you you go into this season without having Cristiano Ronaldo, the top goal scorer, that's 30 goals that you're going to have to find from other players or from someone else. You're not going to get it from Murata. You're hoping to get it from Dybala if he stays fit. Every time he's he's been on the pitch this season, Dybala has been fantastic, but he's just not on the pitch enough. So you're looking at Chiesa to, to carry the workload, and he has been doing it, but the goals aren't coming either. Now he goes down without an injury. Uh, uh, he's going down with an injury. It's, it's just going to make everything a lot more difficult. So I'm going to have to ask you. What is it going to take for you guys to get back on track on the attack? Do you think it's a complete system change, more transfers to come in? What do you think?
1: Man, honestly, I don't expect anything for transfers. I I really don't, unfortunately, just because of the fact that uh, the guys that uh, seem to be the prime candidates, they're not just going to be coming in on dry loans. Um, Those teams are going to want some type of obligation, and Juve seems to be hell-bent on not committing to anything because I think there's big, big plans for the summer, and it makes sense. So I don't think help's going to come in terms of uh, the uh, Mercado, even with the entry to Chiesa. I was expecting uh, the young gun, Sule, to come up, into uh, the bench at least and be able to fill in some minutes here and there. Kulishevsky, this is kind of make or break for this kid um, with the Kiesa injury. He has got to step up. And so far, uh, you know, that's Supercopa. Again, I'm just left under, underwhelmed by this kid, unfortunately. Um, and I've said it recently with him, the frustration is that I feel he's like, in between all these positions like he's not pacey enough to be a winger he's a little too clunky sometimes clumsy to be playing in the hole as Mm -hmm. a trick and he's not good defensively to be a mitzala you know and he's like in between all of these positions kind of and it's frustrating because he hasn't found really a home and he's got some decent statistics across like his gameplay and stuff but i feel like it's kind of masking the overall like subpar performances really the stats and it goes to show you in roma because he did nothing in that match but he scored one of the goals and it could that's a prime example of masking an absolutely awful showing in my personal opinion of kouachevsky so what's it going to take honestly I do think it comes down to uh, Max. And again, he's going to, this team's not going to get goals while he's trying to achieve this balance that he wants mm-hmm. in his lineups. It's just not going to happen. If you're going out there with lineups that include uh, Bentoncourt and Rabiot sharing the pitch out of the middle of the park, you have nothing. And you've pushed Locatelli back as a deep line guy and he's back with your center backs that's the guy that needs to be moving forward cuz if you want goals and you want the midfield to start you know taking some of that tally out he's got to be further up the pitch mckenny mckenny can bring you some goals he scored against uh, inter there nice header yep. he had a hell of a game okay yeah. that guy's got a ton of energy to burn for 120 minutes that guy did not stop yeah and he quietly quietly took care of Barella and yeah. that's like that's that was a big statement match for uh, McKinney a guy that's been rumored to be one of the guys that is definitely not untouchable and could go at any time if a good offer came in but he's really starting to show his worth and yeah, yeah I'd probably take him for sure out of the list all the mids need to be out of the list right now yeah. but uh, it's gonna take goals by committee and you're not going to do it trying to achieve balance and being pragmatic. So Max has to change it, in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a, I think you guys have the quality on your I think you have enough quality on your team to to finish the season strong and where you want to be and that is obviously in the top 4 and compete next year for for the um for the Champions League and regroup in the summertime. We all know the the Champions League revenue especially if you're a Serie A team a top Serie A team it is so crucial to make your Champions League appearance every single year but um you know you you touched up a bit on the on the midfield you know Joe and I have been going at it since last <laughs> week we mentioned on the podcast uh, about a um the midfield situation and I want to just get your two cents on this so I said uh, a world-class destroyer as a deep-lying um, midfielder. I think like a guy like Kimmich or uh, D from Leicester City, mm-hmm. some guy that will just screen the defense and clean up the mess and has a little bit of uh, decent passing range, obviously Kimmich is world-class when it comes to that. I think that would give Locatelli the license to get forward and maybe even change the whole... Dynamic of your midfield and make a huge, huge difference. Would you have to agree?
1: It's hard not to. It's hard not to because if we want goals out of committee, your Metzalas are going to have to both be those guys, right? Yep. And this is the knock on our tour because if you're going to go Locatelli and McKinney as your Metzalas in a three man midfield, the knock is our tour is not it defensively. And Odd, funny enough, like timing is everything. You guys have been talking about this. And uh, Bruno Grimares from Leon is now rumored to uh, be getting an offer, you know, from Juventus. Yeah. And there's a defensive midfielder and a solid one at yeah. that that could come in here. And, yeah, does it help? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now it gives you the freedom to play guys that are more attack-minded in the other two Mitzala roles. And we've seen some of the best midfields,
0: some of the best midfields used in that manner. Yeah, and uh, you know Joe disagreed with me. He doesn't think one world-class player would make a difference on, on your team. I think someone like that, maybe a Bruno Guimaraes, could actually give that extra juice. He's not a pure defensive guy, but he sits back deep enough. He contributes defensively. Great vision. We just had um, uh, George Rodriguez from Olympic Lyon of North America come on our show last week, and he talked all about him you know he's a guy that could give Locatelli the license to do what he's yeah. what he's capable of doing doing what he's comfortable getting yeah. forward getting behind the the attackers not sitting back and limiting his um his abilities you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah so i think but,
1: sorry man just real quick here i think like most juventini and maybe joe you know might have been one of them like i don't know the the where he went with it but most Juventini would probably say striker give this team a world-class striker a finisher you know everybody's dream is Vlaovic Um, but the thing is honestly there's a lot of matches where we don't create enough and you would still be asking that guy to finish like out of barely anything and that's a tough task too so you know getting the right guys in the midfield that freedom it's a good... That's a hell of a discussion, you know. Do you, What What would help this team more, a world-class striker or a world-class, you know, mid that can kind of free up the other guys? That's that's a hell of a question. You could probably go back and forth for days on that one. <laughs> but uh, I would definitely be fine with a
0: world-class defensive mid coming in, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I feel that the midfield role is so crucial. And I, you guys know all about it. And when Milan was on top of Europe we know we knew all about it when you guys were on your 9 9 year straight scudetto uh, run that stretch where you guys were going deep into the champions league and were among the best in europe that midfield was world class yeah. and just one world class player at that caliber can just change everything in yeah. my opinion but um but i yeah, would
1: also throw into the mix a world class like fullback because for us, like, Pellegrini's young up and coming. Sandro is dusted. He's yeah. dusted. Danilo's great, and he's a good utility guy, but he's not going to give you the presence attacking. And in the modern game now, your fullbacks are huge. They're yeah. huge. Um, and quadrado uh, has been not himself this season. So it's like I I would throw like a world class fullback in the mix for something that would drastically change his team.
0: Well said. So let's jump into expectations for this season, Alberto. Champions League, Coppa Italia, Serie A, which ones do you value most and where do you see all of where, where do you see your team finishing in each of those competitions?
1: So champ getting into champions league is massive for this team right now um i don't want to think about the possibility of some key guys wanting to leave and how hard it would be to draw in some some talent that could really pick us up if we're not in that champions league spot right so i think that has to take the highest importance um copitalia and the and the champions league run this season um it's going to be tough. Juve's shown, you know, especially as of late and uh, going into the winter break, that they're very much still alive and spirited um, and can fight. Again, I'm just looking for much, much more in terms of the leadership uh, coming from uh, Max and the guidance. Uh, patience is starting to run thin there. Um, in Champions League, it's going to be very, very difficult. They've developed this. It's becoming this this demon of getting getting by now and uh, it's just getting worse and worse. Each season that goes, you know, it's becoming a, a tougher obstacle, right, to just get through this round. And it's like Villarreal is going to be tough, man. It's going to be really, really tough for them. Um, they better be ready to fight and battle because they're, they're going to have to if – even if they have a solid game plan, if they want to go in there soft uh, without the right mindset, it's gonna be, I don't even want to think about that. So they better get the fight right. Copitalia, Copitalia I think, would be good to start seeing since we're kind of, you know, transitioning and looking at this project, looking at the younger guys, that would be good to start seeing Kyle George get minutes because yep. he's had such such uh, small cameos and not many of them. And it's like, let's, let's see what we got in Kyle, Georgia. If Sule ends up coming up, play him in the Coppa Italia. Like, yeah. let's, let's see, let's kind of see what we've got going there. Right. Um, I think you approach it like anything, obviously you want to win it, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident that they can make a decent run there even with rotation yeah. in the Coppa. Um again with all of these in mind, it it really falls back on where they are mentally. And um if they don't get the approach right and they're not ready to fight, all of it's gonna kinda be a wash. And that all or nothing series highlighting last year really shows you, really shows you um where they are because I mean that decade of dominance there, you know, the one thing that was constant through all or nothing was like all I could think about was Ronaldo, Bonucci, Killini, all trying to rally the troops, continuously trying to get these guys in the right frame of mind, the mindset um, and whatnot. And throughout that decade, we had rosters. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that with like any of the guys on the roster. Yeah. Like they were just battle tested, ready to go. You didn't have to worry about this. Now, you know, it's become every game's become a lesson. And yeah. teaching moments for these these guys that are just getting into it, and some of the most interesting things were hearing Pirlo and Buffon talk about the modern day player and always on social media and the yeah. phones, and
0: it's like, see, I, I was actually gonna I was gonna mention that mentality when you were talking about how you wanted to go all out against Inter because when we, if I were to ask you during like the prime years with you know Trezeguet, Del Piero, Nedved, um, Montero, right? Yeah. If you were to ask that team, are we going all out against Inter in the Super uh, in the oh, yeah. Supercopa? You ask the Prime Milan team with Maldini and Nesta, they're gonna say hell yeah, we're gonna go up against Inter and we're gonna give everything. We don't care what what where we are in Serie, a. we don't care who we play in Serie. A. We're gonna go up to win this trophy and we're gonna make a statement against our rival. And yeah. you know that's I feel like in nowadays it's so. It's such an ongoing thing. It's reoccurring everywhere. Where it's like that—that that grinta, you know. It's not there. That hunger to always win instead of like playing safe. It, yeah. It's, I feel like it—it it, it really takes a toll on the mentality and the chemistry of a team. And we're seeing that with Juventus. We saw their prime years, even in that Netflix series, when Max Allegri yelling at them in practice, like. We think we are too good. We're losing, like, concentration. We're losing the goal. We think we're too good. When you guys were going through, like, a little uh, period of struggles, and then you you guys just cranked it up a notch and just finished the season strong with 95 points. So, yeah, it's, it's like, sad to see that. And it it does take a toll, and I don't think it's – I don't know if it's – I mean, maybe that's the reason why Jose Mourinho is not that great of a coach anymore because he can't coach these kinds of players any with with that with that new modern mentality.
1: It's really really tough, man, and I mean it starts raising the questions of uh, you know did we not give the rosters Max had enough credit because Max was always like towards the end his last few years cuz we know the team he took over originally was loaded and then yeah. he had the BBC and on then after the roster kind of started to change a bit and people were saying look Max is great look at his midfield you know Matuidi's in there Pjanic Kadira he's getting the best out of what he has yeah. give him all this talent and he'll blow the he'll blow the roof off the place but now it's like i don't know would he like would he or would he always be the guy that plays it safe, that tries to play everything safe. Is he the guy that's just gonna go all I can't help but remember or the, the moment when he called that game a circus. And he always used to say people were asking about beautiful football. Why can't you just play, you know, beautiful he goes, you want entertainment, go to the circus. Yeah right here it's all about winning and all that Yeah. the funny thing was on our show when we talked about the roma match and everybody's like that is it this is how we're gonna play like there's no way max can deny it my first instinct my first the first thing i said is my fear is max is gonna say that game was a circus and we don't want to play like that you know <laughs> what i mean and it's like there's no reward without risk yeah you know like you have to risk for that reward and even fortune, even to get the calls. If you're going to go out on PKs like, you know, fortune favors the brave. You've got to go out there and you have to get after it and you can do everything else. Right. But ultimately if you're playing it safe and inviting pressure and whatnot, this game has changed too much, man. The yeah. game has changed too much. You have to be on the throttle and we've seen it with Juve that they're a better side When they're on the throttle, we've seen our team, our players, Delict, Killini, they talk about it all the time. We want to be on the throttle because it makes life way easier for us at the back. Yeah. And they're right. And it makes life easier on everybody, your midfielders, your forwards. And it's like if you spend the entire game, if you want to play games with 33% possession, 40% possession, that is way more exhausting than having the ball for 70% and uh letting them chase you. Yeah. Like we're spending the majority of our energy just running around the field, not even doing anything with it. Yeah. It's just it makes life so, so difficult. But this mentality thing has been something that can't be denied. A lot of us have been talking about this with Juve for a long time because you can see it. Yeah. And it's hard to replace those guys, especially when you have so many of them. Yeah. Uh even the free guys that were coming in there, like Evra, Dani Alves, whatnot, like you've got some serious guys that know what it takes to win, you know, and they're coming in there. You had Pjanic who been there forever, Mandzukic, um Iguain coming in there, like Kalini, uh, Bonucci, obviously, like Buffon forever. Yeah. You don't just, you don't go out there, you just don't find a Buffon. You know like right. uh killini killini's one of the last of the it's a dying breed you know um Banucci, like we gotta look to the future with these guys delict was a massive find but even his future's uncertain right but the mentality thing's big man and um Listen. right now yeah juve's uh looking for that next wave of leadership yeah and right now our guys it was highlighted for me and all or nothing our guys are spending so much time just trying to get these guys in the right frame of mind. Yeah. You know, the McKenneys, the even the Chiesas and whatnot, you know, trying to get them in the right frame of mind to see what it takes to win. Yeah. And when you get a guy like Conte that comes and flips a script at Inter, now they all know how to win. Exactly. Yeah. You know that and the the one thing with Conte is man, he he knows what he needs, he knows what he wants. And he just drills guys. And I've heard about the training sessions. That whistle's blowing every two seconds. He doesn't care if he needs to get a message across. Like, he drills them in, and he doesn't take anything else for an answer. Like, it's it, that is just the way, right? And that's why they're so good, and they're carrying it forward with Simone Inzaghi. He's a good coach, but, man, nobody can deny Conte's effect, right? And uh, the question is there for Max if Max is the guy to build a new project at UV. Yeah.
0: So the ex your expectations if you're gonna make a prediction, where are you finishing in Serie A and the Champions League?
1: We'll get by Villarreal. Yeah. We'll get by Villarreal and then we'll see. Um so I'll wait to see where the drop goes <laughs> All right.
0: we'll get by Villarreal. That's fair that's fair. Listen, uh Villarreal we're struggling this year. But they caught their high and they're playing some really, really good football in they're La Liga. They're scoring League. a lot. <laughs> they're scoring a lot. Gerard Moreno is absolutely incredible, and yeah. they're really catching a high. They're playing fantastic. They haven't lost a game since the beginning of December, so uh, they're I don't know they they could be a a, a tricky a tricky team to play against. Oh and yeah, in yeah. the in Serie. A, what say you? Uh, third place. Third place. Yeah. All right. We'll hold you too. I've been following your your predictions from uh, from the beginning of the season, mid-season. So I, I feel that that I had to get your prediction here on the red card report. There you go. All right, man. So let's uh, let's jump into some Twitter questions before we wrap everything up. We have quite a few of them. Our good friend Dieter van Goot at Dieter Goet says, "Hi guys, which signing which signings will Juventus make this transfer window?" Will Juventus finish in the top four, and who will be the best player of Juventus when the season ends?
1: Ooh, this transfer season, I honestly, I would be surprised if anybody comes in. Um, even the latest rumors with uh, Bruno Gramat is there. I, I'm not holding much on to. I think Juve's got big, big plans for the summer. So top four is critical. So I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um uh, nobody. In terms of where they finish, they'll be in the Champions League spot. They'll be third. They'll be okay. third. I'm gonna stick with that. Who will be the best player come the end of the season? Um if he stays fit, Dybala. If he stays fit the rest of the season out, it'll be Dybala. If he can't, it's
0: between Locatelli and Delict. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dibala has to stay healthy. And I think yeah. prime Dibala can carry the the workload and get you guys to where you need to be. Definitely agree. Uh, I'm going to go with Delict because I'm always a defensive guy. I think nice. he's an absolute monster. Absolute monster. World-class defender. And what is he? 22 years old. He's got a yeah. whole career ahead of him, and he's at a level that is not too many players are at. And given the team that he's on right now where they're not playing great, he's doing a phenomenal, phenomenal, job he, He's he's literally the spine of that team. Yeah. Um, Next question is Mark Galliani at AC Maroc. Based on today's game, this is a non-UV question. Based on today's game, is Maldini good enough to be loaned out to a City A club <laughs> and get regular playtime? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's been named a golden boy, and I don't know if it's because <laughs> of the name. It's in the name, man. I, I, I just yeah maybe like Spezia or Venezia or something like that. Salernitana, you can you can play there. Will he do? Will he turn into a good player? I I just don't know with him. Uh, sometimes when he the little the little time that he spent on the pitch when he does play, he's just way behind, very slow. Uh, At times you see some brilliance that he has, but I don't know if it's really going to translate further on into his career. It's gotta be tough
1: though, man, that name on the back of the kit at that place. Like maybe it's better for him to go somewhere and he can just kind of like free
0: himself of those
1: shackles, so to speak, so that he can
0: get some traction himself. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think, it's it's already a lot of pressure playing at Milan given the circumstances. I mean, it's the prestige is there, the history is there. It's a big club. Yeah. But there's so much pressure because Milan is trying to get back to where they once were. And every game, every season, it's it's crucial. And then when you have the name Maldini on the back of your shirt. Oh yeah. The expectation, the pressure is through the absolute roof. So, um yeah, I, I think I think he should be given a chance somewhere outside of Milan, see what he can do, and then maybe he is a golden boy. Who knows? I hope he is. I hope the legacy carries on, and I hope he gives us great results uh, in the future. Next question is from our good friend Aziz. Uh, after all, what happened this season until now? Do you think the sacking that sacking Pirlo was the wrong decision? Spoiler: It is the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. There's so... It's such a hard, hard question to answer. I mean, hindsight is always 2020, 20, they say. And you watch the All or Nothing, and uh, it made a lot of people realize that maybe there, it was too harsh on Pirlo, you know, to uh, let him go. There was obviously so many other issues, so many other things going on that he was trying to deal with. I always said... um I give the guy massive credit for taking that on for his first role. Like yeah. crazy. But should he have ever even been hired as a rookie to coach Juve? Like is Juve the club to hire a rookie manager? Like that was the question I really had the entire time. It's like, what are we doing? My first instinct was it's a way for the management to kind of – get a scapegoat for the years of bad yeah. business, you know? And it's like, ah, oh, well, we have a rookie manager and whatnot. And it just, I don't know. The whole thing left me feeling pretty bad because I think, like, if that's a rookie manager, he comes in, he gets a Copa Thales, Super Copa, It's not our first choice trophies, but it's two trophies in his first season ever. And the majority of the team was playing well, and we still had roster issues the same roster issues that we have now that we're protecting Max, who is a guy that has a lot more experience and many, many more trophies, but we're using the same things to protect him that we weren't protecting Pirlo for.
0: Yeah,
1: It's really, really weird. So I think Pirlo was hard done by, um, but I still kind of remain with my thing that Juve was not a place to hire a rookie manager. I think when they got rid of Max, they started freewheeling and they just went on tilt with sorry. Like it was like plan A didn't work. It's like, okay, let's just take this guy. There was no actual true direction, I feel. Yeah. You know, and then when they brought Pirla and they were saying all the right things, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to commit to this guy. He's going to have a project. He started playing the young guys. Okay, we're going to stick with this. He gets two trophies, and it's like, no, he's out. We're bringing Max back. And it's like, holy shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster. his question, was it the wrong decision?
0: <sighs> Kinda yes and no, man. That's a hard one. I'm gonna say yes. Are you I, I am gonna say yes. Listen, I think let's look back at the all um the all or nothing. Was it in the the final against Atalanta at halftime? What did he say to Chiesa? You got to show go. me some balls exactly. And what did he do? He scored Went that out goal. There and lit it he up. Got, won it. He fired him up. Had he not said that at halftime? You guys probably wouldn't have won, may, maybe you would have. But Chiesa wouldn't have scored that goal and he yeah. picked it up. And sometimes it's those moments that that managers do make and it makes a difference. And that's what separates just being average and being great. Obviously, he's an inexperienced coach, and there was a lot of issues with the players, the mentality. You know, he didn't have all the players to make his system thrive. And I think when I look at his system, what he tried to do is a lot more positive. It's a lot more modern. He wants the ball to go forward, not and quick, not slow and and um, horizontal. Like it has to get forward. He wants to implement pressing. With high intensity to frustrate uh, the, the the opposition's midfield to create mistakes. You don't really see that with Max, and I feel like it's it's outdated. And maybe it worked well when he had a great team with a lot yeah. of quality. Pierlo, Pierlo, it when he was when he was the coach, you saw some real glimpses of brilliance and good quality football. As you said, a lot of the players did well last season. Obviously, not all the results came your way. But there was I, I feel that there's a lot more positivity from the way Pierlo played, uh, or or um the way you guys played under Pierlo than you are with Max. And Max got Locatelli.
1: Yeah.
0: He got Moise Keen. He still has Morata. He lost Cristiano Ronaldo, which is a huge loss in general. He's a he's a guy that's gonna give you thirty goals. But you know, I feel like even without Ronaldo, I think Pierlo's system could could still thrive.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's so hard right I mean towards the end after that Porto loss it we were just destroyed man we were just destroyed mentally you could see could see it all over everybody's faces and um, you know CR I think I called it around that time shortly after I was like this guy's done with UB. like it's it's done and I honestly felt like it was It's too hard to say. I could talk about it now at the time. It's hard to say because everybody knows about the following that CR covers. And when you put yourself out there online and, you know, pods and stuff, you get like the guy's got an absurd amount of following. Everybody knows this. But I said, I was like, I think it's time for both parties to split because it just, you could see it. You could see it all over his team. They were just mentally done. And uh, the other guys were just relying on him all the time and it wasn't a team and it was no surprise when Banucci, Chiellini, Buffon all started talking about it just recently that yeah you know Buffon's like I went away I came back I saw a different Juventus once Ronaldo was there like it was just a different Juventus Chiellini talked about it yeah we just all relied on Ronaldo and whatnot they just they lost that they lost the DNA that made Juve who Juve was through that decade of dominance, you know, like they were a unit. They would get gold contributions from everywhere and they would get the job done till the bitter end. Now it was like, everything was built around CR. You yeah. know, if that guy's not happy, he's walking around with a, a crappy attitude, bad body language. It's going to go down. You watch yeah. all or nothing. And you see Quadrado go up to him and say, Hey man, you need to be the example. And then CR changes his tune whatever, but he was losing his mind. And then Quad's like, hey, man, everybody's looking at you, you know, and massive credit to Quadrado there. But there's been issues brewing there for a while. That project failed miserably, man, the CR yeah. project. Now, Pirlo, he did a hell of a job. And I I agree with you, you know, what he was trying to do is right. But when they lost it there for that period, he couldn't regain it. Yeah. He couldn't regain it and all the things he was trying to do cuz he did have us in the scudetto chase till about what february first week of february probably and then yep. we started to kind of skid if i yeah my memory's not what it once was man I'm getting <laughs> old but i think it was around first week of february man after that you know it was some struggles and he started to get away he landed on this 442 that was really weird kind of went against everything he kind of stood for and what his whole thesis was and all this stuff. And then the team struggled, and we barely got into the top four. We actually got very fortunate that we got the fourth spot. Max becomes available. Max doesn't take Real Madrid's offer. I think the team just got so scared of how close they were to missing out on Champions League and the extra resources that they couldn't let Max Walk. I think that's what it comes down to, man. I honestly, I think Pirlo did a good enough job. I think the team, I think the club just got scared, man. I think Anneli yeah. got scared and said, "I'm bringing my boy back." Yeah. And that's that's where we're at.
0: So much speculation, so many thoughts. It's like we can have our own uh, all or nothing on a podcast version talking about Juve's problems and the what ifs and everything it's been such a roller coaster ride in just a short amount of time it's insane
1: it's wild to see where we are where we were right like chasing that 10th to uh just surviving
0: massive massive drop right like yeah so let's jump on into the next question our friend george rodrigues at jrod2589 how the hell does rui put up with with jobless Joe and his crazy antics. Uh, you know, Alberto, you can uh, feel free to chime in on this one because I know Joe has been a, a member of your show uh, for a little bit now. you recently been added uh, to your show. So you have to deal with him as well. Uh, I mean, Joe's pineapple pizza thing is – he calls himself Yeah, we, do, we don't take food tips from Joe. That's 100% sure. Yeah, I mean, how do I put up with it? I I, I don't know. I just – I just do. You're I a guess. patient man. Patient I mean, man. I mean, I put up with Milan's Banta era for long enough, so yeah, I'm, I'm very patient. I don't know, Alberto. I guess you're gonna have to test your patience now with him. I'll tell you, Joe's not patient at all, especially when it comes to Juve. Holy, he <laughs> is
1: just firing all players, getting rid of everybody. He's just like, get it, ship them all out. It's 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 comedy, man. Uh, yeah, very yeah, reactionary. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Joe's, what, uh, Joe's, Joe's good, good shit, man. I, I like Joe. He's uh, been a good, uh, good member of the team. Uh, but the pineapples just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: come on, Joe, figure it out. <laughs> so next question is from M at Mcedo underscore Juve. Rui, how do you feel about Chalanaglu winning a trophy before Milan? And for both of you, could pick one player, at least semi-realistic for Juve. Or Milan to sign, who would it be? So uh, for the first part of the question, yeah, it <laughs> sucks, but you know, it's it's easy for Celenoglu to go to the champions of Italy, and you're guaranteed a title match like the Supercoppa. You're playing against Juventus, who are not having the best season, so that's 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 great, man. You know, you you leave the project the of of Milan, and you just jump on the Inter bandwagon just to earn 500,000 euros more a year. You know what, man? Whatever. I, rivals, I hope karma. Man. I never I get
1: karma, these guys jumping the rivals.
0: I hope karma gets them. I really do. And I, I you know what? I'm, if we somehow pull up the Scudetto this year, it's going to be epic. And that guy's going to get so much shit. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> the second part imagine? of the question, uh, oh, man, it would be, oh, man, just to finally win the Scudetto again and just be crowned champions of Italy, It's it'd be huge. Just to see where we were two years ago to now, it's a huge leap. And I like where we're going. I love the direction the club is, is going in. The players are great. Pioli is just a magician somehow. Maldini's been great on the board, making the right decisions and and stuff like that. So it's, it's all paying off and it's working well. But um, the second part of the question, yeah, I would like Bobakar Kamara from uh, Marseille. If Frank Cassier were to leave, I think that that guy is a destroyer and he's excellent with the ball at his feet. He has great passing range. He controls the tempo. He knows how to use his body. He's so athletic. And I think when you have a player like that, as we mentioned early on, the potential that he has to be world class and to have all these attributes to be a world class balanced and all around midfielder, it's it's one piece of the puzzle. Uh, to being successful. And when you see the loaded midfield that Milan have, if we do lose Cassier, we still have Benessia. We have Tunali. Uh, we have that kid, oddly, that that's at um, Bordeaux, who's supposed to be phenomenal. We we got him really cheap. So I, I I would love that signing simply because of that if we were to lose Cassier. What about you?
1: Yeah. So if we're talking about, like, right now, in the moment, um with Kiesa's loss there, if there, if these rumors were true, that Asmune from Zenit would be yeah. prime. You'd get him for cheap, like just cheap, cheap. And if there was an intention to sign beyond that six months of his contract, I think Juve would have to jump on that. Okay. Um, I'd be all over that. But honestly, Alvarez i i I've been yeah. wanting Alvarez man, and twenty five million something like that like go in Juve, go in especially kiesa out like like just drop it, just drop it because this Vlaovic thing is like I feel like it's a pipe dream and it ain't gonna amount to anything drop and- twenty five on Alvarez even if you gotta go up to thirty and bring him in and now kiesa's out like
0: yeah,
1: bring me Alvarez, all
0: right, bring me Alvarez. Uh, Julian Alvarez is phenomenal, phenomenal talent. I would love him at Milan I and mean, he's versatile too. He's not just a pure striker. You can play out wide. He's very, really creative with the ball. So yeah. definitely when you're in a pinch, having those versatile players that can, that can do everything can really play. And that's the thing is the versatility, role. man. The versatility
1: yeah. is huge. So guys like that. And as has got the versatility too, at, at Zenit, he plays up top. He plays uh, back in the hole as well. Like, Guys like that are massive, especially for a team like us that doesn't really have an identity yet. Guys like that are huge and they're critical. And it's no surprise why, you know, guys like Quadrado, Bernardeschi and stuff play good against Allegri because he doesn't necessarily have that identity going. So the guys that are super versatile do well with Max, right? Man, bring me one of those two. But Alvarez is
0: the number one for me. So last set of questions are coming from Rose at RN Bash 6 Do you think Chiesa will be missed as much as Ronaldo in terms of putting up numbers is he the end all is he a big game player if yes where has he been this season
1: Oh man so she, she's just she just knows what she's doing with the uh, is he a big game she player goes, question
0: She also adds is it opportunity or is it lack of pairing from mid Why only two goals? Uh,
1: So much. So So much. Is he going to be missed? Absolutely. More more. than CR, I think that depends on who you talk to. Because the goals were great, but there were many, many fans who voiced a lot of concerns about Ronaldo on the team. Um, Poor attitude. How it took away from all the other guys. Like... And just one small example of this is cristiano ronaldo came into a team where dibala and Pjanic had like the best free kick rate in the top five leagues mm-hmm. and he took them over and he literally scored i think one or two in all his Three. time at juve yep. and the other guys weren't even taking them that's like tough for anybody that's been a part of a team um played at any type of competitive level that When you get your contribution simply taken away from you, it takes that kind of pride away from you, takes that uh, self-confidence, you know, that self-esteem kind of away from you. And they can all say whatever they want in interviews like, oh, yeah, no, Ronaldo's great around here and whatever. But you can't tell me that doesn't affect the guy, the man. The guys that used to have that used to be their gig, it used to be their thing, and now in comes him, and everybody's supposed to be pushed to the side. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's just a small example of how that team chemistry starts to die. Yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is a luxury player. Um, if you don't have the rest of the pieces together, we found out the hard way it means nothing to have him on your team. Yeah. It just means goals but it doesn't really amount to much in the grand scheme of things because you don't have the rest of the pieces that are strong enough to handle that character. Um, and that's what happened. Chiesa, he will be missed more because he's he's with us. He's actually with us. He's on the team. He didn't uh, bail out at a bad timing. And Kiesa um, is the future of Juventus. Kiesa is untouchable. They turned down a massive offer after the Euro's on chiesa chiesa's our guy so yeah massive massive miss of course more because he is a juventino he's with us so (laughs) without a doubt
0: so chiesa so let's jump into the last question that she has she asks is delict staying or is he going to be captain material I'm gonna. I want him
1: to stay so bad. Everybody you, knows that. You gotta get in the arms. says he's not staying. Yeah. Uh, My gut, I, unfortunately, says no.
0: Champion. That's why Champions League, as you you touched up on earlier in the show, the Champions League is so so crucial to bring in players, but also to keep them too. And when you look at at DeLict, he's young, already at close to a world-class level if he's not already there. I think maybe maybe he would do one year outside of the Champions League, but if, it, if, if the team's trajectory is not going in a positive way, if he's playing in the Europa League next year, like where they're not competing for the Scudetto and not going deep into the Europa League, I can definitely see that he's going to yeah. peace out and want to leave. I can see players sacrificing one year, not playing Champions League, and sticking around and wanting... The project to work i think he could stick around but uh if if it doesn't go in a positive way it's it's he's he'll definitely leave but i think i honestly there's something about delict he's oh he's a natural leader he was like that at ix yeah. and it's not just because he wore the captain's band it was earlier that season in that run uh where they went to the champions league semifinal they lost to psv and he told every single one of those players, and in, in particular, David Neres, he had his arm around him. He says, no, we're not walking back into the locker room. We're going straight to the fans. We're going to applaud to them and, you know, show them that, you know, we're going to appreciate their support. And then we're going to go back. And then after that, he rose hell in the locker room at 18 years old at a club yeah. like Ix. So, you know, if, if I had to make a prediction, I think. He will stay. I think he's willing to go through the rough times and believe in a project and stay at the club.
1: I, th- I think he stays also because of the fact that, like, his release clause, nobody's going to pay that. Yeah. And I don't think Juve's budging. And they shouldn't, to be honest. It could create a bit of a scenario if the will of the player is to leave, though. It, things could get interesting with Delict. They really could. Yeah. So let's just finish top four, not worry about it. Keep the lick, then we'll all be happy. The thing with him being so young still is that maybe he's not ready to make a move just yet and he'll stay for another couple of years and uh, maybe then think about a next step, depending on where Juve is. If we make a big jump in uh, you know a season or two, he might even stick around because uh, he does show you that leadership yeah. and he does show you that... Uh, He loves Turin and he's all about Juve, but who knows, man? Like, there's so much there. Raiola, man. Yeah. Yeah. Raiola leaves such bad feelings, man. (laughs) Like, he's just and ultimately he's it's it's not Raiola just taking his players, picking them up and moving them. It is the players' will and whatnot. But, man, he he plants a lot of seeds and he creates a lot of doubt. So he's yeah, it's tough, man. I always said when he signed though. I didn't expect it to be like a career thing. Like Delict was going to be our guy. I always felt like it would be, you know, three years, four years, maybe. And then he's
0: gone. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And the game's kind of gone that way. Yeah. There's no more. uh, Well, not that he would be a bandiera player, but, you know, Chiellini wasn't a bandiera, but he's been at the club for years. Yeah. You're, you're, you don't really see that anymore. Yeah. That that breed is dying in the game, game on the pitch and off of it. It's just transitioning in a completely different, different direction. Yeah. So, so yeah, Alberto, I don't know. Is there anything else? I feel like we covered a ton on this on this episode. We could just have multiple, uh, multiple it, uh, episodes. We can have a whole season just talking Juventus and, and everything. Uh, is there anything time? else? Anything else that you want to cover before I wrap things up?
1: Yeah. Uh, no man and that's the thing is like uh when you talk Juve nowadays uh everybody's got a different perspective because the project is really so unclear right um and a lot of people have a lot of ideas of how to correct it and how to get us back firing whatever and nobody's wrong um it's really a matter of uh a little bit of everything you know Coach, sure. I think between coaches, you know, sometimes you have, uh, you fix one issue, but then something else arises, right? The problem is we haven't committed to anybody to fix what problems they particularly have, right? Pirlo was better at controlling games. We were more offensive, had some struggles, though, but he never had time to correct it. Sorry, players didn't like him, gone. Allegri, too pragmatic. Not enough offense. Is he going to get time to fix it? I think so. I think the team's actually going to stick with Allegri, so we got to hope he's uh, he's in the right. So everybody's ideas, you know, everybody's kind of right. It is a bit of coaching. The players, the roster, we have done some bad business for many years and it's caught up to us. We know the roster is yep. not up to snuff, but that's not to say that the guys we do have aren't capable of more than what we're seeing. So right. everybody's kind of right. Um, at the end of the day, man, I've been watching Juve for so long, since, you know, the 90s when Serie A was incredible. And winning, (laughs) you could have a stellar team, Juventus did, and we wouldn't win Scudettos, you know. Like, it just, you know, Milan was so strong. And now the decade of dominance we saw, I'm never going to see it again. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if you ever see a team win nine in a row in Serie A again. Um, so just take every trophy. Don't take any trophy for granted. Enjoy every single trophy, Supercopa, whatever. Enjoy yeah. it because yeah. uh, things can change quick and they can get ugly. And now everybody's got this expectation that we're just going to win year in, year yeah. out. Hey. Yeah. I'm just going back to the uh, the old days where uh, even the strong squads uh, wouldn't do it. Uh, Juve's got some yeah. work to do, but uh, it makes winning so much sweeter. Yeah, so much sweeter. So sometimes you have to take a few steps back in order in order to move forward. Juve will be back if our yeah. if our rough season, you know, is battling it out and still getting in the top four, getting a trophy here and there. That's not so bad, especially after 2006. Everybody so. Stay yep. strong, it's all it's fino a la fina for a
0: reason, okay until the end <laughs> well R- Alberto, thank you so much for for coming on the show. It was obviously a long time coming. I'm glad um you were able to make your debut now. definitely look forward to having you back on to t- to talk everything maybe in a in a couple of months or so just to see where Juventus is at. And hopefully Joe and Eddie will be on that episode as well so we can have like a little uh, Milan versus uh, Juventus debate or whatever, make something fun out of it. But thank you again, man, for coming on. And make sure everyone to follow Alberto on his personal account at Berto underscore AJC, his podcast at Cast, and also his apparel brand at striped underscore hearts and thank you all for tuning in for this episode of the red card report podcast if you enjoyed the show please leave a five-star review subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms and we'll see you next time that's astonishing absolutely world class check out the conclusion